Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. I want to thank you for joining us as we take a look at the book. In the next couple of moments, we're going to think about Babylon, biblical Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq. But Babylon has been in existence now for 4,500 years. Let me think that through with you in just a moment. By the way, I am going to present this, and it is from a five-hour series a audio series, by the way, entitled The Babylon Factor. We deal with the situation that's going on in the Middle East and why the United States military is there. This is very important for you to understand in the times in which we're living. So if you would like to have your copy of The Babylon Factor, if you'll stay tuned after we have our study, I'll give you the information that will assist you in making your order. But right now, Let's think about Babylon down through history. Daniel chapter 5 is 70 years after Daniel was taken captive into the Babylonian Empire. He is there. It's 539 B.C. He is going to be involved in now again at the end of the Babylonian captivity playing a role. Belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, while he uh, tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels, which his father, it should be grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was in Jerusalem. And the king and his princes and his wives and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and they praised the gods of gold and of silver and of brass and of iron and of wood and of stone. They're having a drunken party. A thousand cronies for Daniel are there. Excuse me, for Nebuchadnezzar, for Belshazzar are there. Belshazzar says, hey, Those vessels that my granddaddy brought out of the temple in Jerusalem. You see, when they destroyed the temple, first they went in and they got the pure gold vessels and the pure silver vessels. Ones that he was talking about here for the wine were the Mizrach. The Mizrach is a pitcher-like implement. This Mizrach, pitcher-like as it is, does not have a base on it. It has a point on it. The purpose is this vessel made out of pure gold or pure silver is for the purpose of putting the sacrificial blood in it and pouring it on the altar. Thus, they don't have a base on it because the priest has to carry it around. Should he set it down, if it had a base on it, he could do that. It would coagulate the blood would. So thus, there's a point on the end of it, so he can't set it down. He has to keep carrying it and moving it. That's what they bring out of Israel, all the other vessels as well, but they bring especially the Mizrach. And now Belshazzar says, hey, we're having a drunken party and let's worship gold and silver and the gods of wood and iron and brass and bring me those vessels my granddaddy brought out of Jerusalem. They fill them up with wine. You see, he thought he was living in an impregnable city. He figured nobody can bother him. Why, there were two walls about around Babylon, 40 feet high, 87 feet wide. You could race two chariots down the walls on the top. There was a moat between them. How was somebody going to capture this city? Go up 40 feet, 87 feet, down 40 feet. Uh, swim the moat up 40 feet, 87 feet, down 40 feet. They can't get in here. My people will kill them. Had all the water he needed, the water flowed under the northern end of the city of Babylon's wall and out the southern end. 
had food for 20 years. Nobody's going to bother us, man. We're safe and sound. Let's have a drunken party. Bring those vessels. Meanwhile, the Medes and the Persians were outside. The Medes went north and they dammed up the Euphrates River that flowed under the walls out the southern walls. The Persians went south and dammed up the Euphrates River. That, when it dried, left a perfect tunnel underneath the walls. The Medes and the Persians walked through those tunnels into the city up to the banquet hall. Get there. Bang on the microphone. May I borrow your guitar? Takes the guitar and uh, says, (coughs) Sorry, we're, we're late. But I got a little song I'd like to sing for you. The party's over. We're here. You're dead. Too bad. Too sad. You're dead. I'm not sure what the lyrics actually were. But that night, they died. Belshazzar. That night, you got the fifth chapter over? Verse 30. And that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain. And Darius the Median took the kingdom, being about threescore and two years old, 62 years old. And the Babylonian Empire fell. Did you hear what I said? The Babylonian Empire fell. I'll say that one more time so you understand it. The Babylonian Empire fell. I did not say one thing about the city of Babylon. I said the Babylonian Empire fell. Babylon The city did not fall. Go to the seventh chapter of the book of Ezra. Ezra, the seventh chapter. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. We've been studying in Nehemiah with Ron. Seventh chapter. The first six chapters of the book of Ezra is a record of Zerubbabel bringing approximately 50,000, 49,897 to be exact, 50,000 Jews back out of the Babylonian captivity. He brings them to Jerusalem. Isn't it interesting? Cyrus, the head of the Medo-Persian Empire, prophesied in the book of Isaiah 125 years before it ever happened, by name gave permission. That's Ezra chapter 1 for the Jews to go back and rebuild the temple. He raised the funds for it. And they go back and rebuild the temple. That's chapters 1 to 6 in the book of Ezra. They get the temple rebuilt. They have the dedicatory service in chapter 6 of the book of Ezra. Now we come to chapter 7. Chapter 7. Now, after these things, in the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Ezra the son, and it goes ahead to talk about Ezra, who is a scribe, who is a great member of the priesthood, is going to come to Jerusalem. Look at verse 6. This Ezra, look here, went up from Babylon. By the way, that is 75 years after the fall of the Babylonian Empire. The Babylonian Empire falls in 539. This is approximately 560, 555 to 560. 75 years later, Babylon is still a thriving community. Ezra lives there. The Babylonian, you'll see where I'm going in just a moment. Hang with me. The Babylonian Empire destroyed, but the Babylon city is not destroyed. He leaves in verse 9, and upon the first day of the first month began he to go up from Babylon, and on the first day of the fifth month came he to Jerusalem according to the good hand of his God upon him. It took him four months to travel from Babylon up the Euphrates River over the Fertile Crescent down into through Lebanon all the way to Jerusalem. 
from Babylon. By the way, Nehemiah is 15 years after that. So it's 90 years after the fall of the Babylonian Empire before Nehemiah rebuilt the walls. But 75 years later, from Babylon, here goes Ezra in. He's going to reinstitute the temple practices when he gets there. And so what I have just said, the Babylonian Empire falls in 539, but the city of Babylon doesn't fall 75 years later. Thank you so very much for joining us for this look at the book. The Babylon Factor is the name, the title of a five-hour audio series that I have done that focuses on Babylon for the end times. Now, we've just thought about Babylon down through history, and we came to the understanding that Babylon has never been destroyed. It will be destroyed, and that's why the United States military is in modern-day Iraq, which, by the way, of course, is biblical Babylon. If you'd like more information along this line to have your own study, you can get your five-hour audio series entitled The Babylon Factor by calling our toll-free number. That's 877-674-3298. Now, that's toll-free from across America. Let me give it to you again, 877-674-3298. Or you can go to our website and go to our shopping mall and make your order that way. The address for our website, prophecytoday.com. And the name of that five-hour audio series on CD, The Babylon Factor. I want to thank you for taking these moments to join us for this short study. May I encourage you to continue to study God's prophetic word. And as we do that together, we'll understand that the time of the rapture of the church is upon us. In fact, it could happen at any moment. And having said that, There's nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...